Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Koslowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. And same applies to any professional who may appear on the Light, the Fight podcast. Welcome to the OG Therapy. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of OG Therapy. As always, I'm your host, David. By profession, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, even though, as you heard from the introduction, I'm not acting as your therapist, I just happen to be one. In my opinion, I'm just a dude who accidentally became a therapist. Never wanted to be one. That's just where the ball bounced, where, you know, the uh, the cards or the chips fell, whatever that saying is, I can't remember off the top of my head. So... Today, I'm deciding to answer a request of many of the people on social media, some messages I got, and the request lately has been that you would like to hear more about the really scary stuff that you definitely don't want your daughters, your family members, your loved ones, and you especially don't want to be involved in these relationships, but if you happen to be involved in these relationships, might as well know how to navigate them, how to get out of them, or if you can't get out of them because maybe you're a parent of someone with these issues, then definitely how to love them and how to actually keep yourself safe in that process. I don't want anyone sacrificing your own mental and emotional well-being just to be able to save someone with this disorder I'm about to talk about. But I also don't want you to abandon a person that has this disorder because as you will find out, that's their greatest fear, the fear of abandonment. So, Instead of just talking about this for 15, 20 minutes today, this is going to be the introduction to a series on borderline personality disorder. Borderline personality disorder is one of my specialties. Now, is it a specialty because I went to college and I said, this is what I want to work with. I want to tackle this subject. I want to specifically help people with this. That's not how it went down at all. Here's how it really went down. It's part of my origin story. It's part of my life. In fact, there's not another disorder issue in the big book of mental health disorders. The DSM is what it's referred to, the Diagnostical Statistical Manual of Mental Health Disorders. There's not another one in there that hits home for me more than this one. I am personally very familiar with this. So when I got in the profession, I was not looking to help people with this disorder but I believe I was able to identify it and see it differently because this is not something easy to diagnose. In fact, because I was raised with many people in my life, as you'll soon find out in a moment, that have this disorder and have struggled with these characteristics and attributes of this disorder, I was actually fearful that I was going to go around trying to diagnose everyone with this disorder. In fact, I think it was the opposite. I would be counseling people for a long period of time And the hair would stand up on the back of my neck. I would get these, you know, not like intense flashbacks of my childhood. I'd get some similarities of some people I was helping with. They made me feel very similar to some loved ones made me feel. Luckily, I'd gone through lots of counseling and therapy to get over those things. But those feelings were a notification. They were telling me that I might need to dig a little bit deeper. With many personality disorders that people are aware of, they describe what the disorder is in the name. So those are actually a little bit easier to identify. For example, 
avoidant personality disorder. Take a wild guess what the person does. They avoid things. Dependent personality disorder. Take a wild guess what they have an issue with. That lucky guess. They're very dependent upon other people. So multiple personality disorder, even though they've changed names since then, you get my point. But this is the one that the label doesn't even make sense and match what the disorder is. So I'm going to share with you a little bit about my history with it. Um, start talking about it in general. And then we're going to start talking about it in a series here in OG therapy. And uh, I want you guys to let me know what you think and if this information is helpful. And if it is, great. I'll keep on doing more because, you know, I could do a lot more than just a handful on this disorder. Um, I'm in the current stages right now of developing a e-course, an online training course for this disorder because I think it's underserved in, I think there's a lot of information out there on other disorders, but because this disorder is so difficult to diagnose, properly diagnose, properly treat, um, that there might be some people out there that could benefit from a streamlined, step-by-step -step version of how to help people that you love with this disorder. I'm taking this information from all my years of experience working with family members, loved ones that have someone in their life that has this disorder, and also from individual counseling for, for people that struggle and have this disorder. The best place to begin talking about this is my own life. I'm not going to get too deep in this because I want to... Be respectful of my grandmother and my biological mom who have since passed away. But I do want to let you know a little bit about why this disorder came into my professional life, whether I wanted it or not. As I was mentioning, I was just able to see some things. I didn't want to diagnose people with this. I didn't want to put that label on them because I know it's a heavy, heavy label for people who do know what this is. This is this can come with a lot of assumptions and uh you know, it could cause a lot of problems if people find out that you have this disorder. And like many other disorders, no one really wants to be known as like, hey, my name's Steve. Oh, you mean depressed Steve? Oh, nice to meet you, depressed Steve. Or my name's Stan. Oh, you mean borderline Stan? No one wants a mental health diagnosis to be part of their identity. So I'm going to pay respect to my mom and grandma, but I'm also going to be honest and real with you guys. Both my grandmother and my biological mom were diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. And my biological mom also was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And if you've ever heard someone use the term, uh, hey, that person's so bipolar, or man, they're super bipolar. That's a term that's used typically when there's an extreme up and down in someone's behavior. Well, whenever I've heard that after I've been working with Borderline for quite some time, I always kind of chuckle and laugh and say, you really should be saying that person's so borderline personality disorder. Because even though I'm being a little dramatic right now, borderline personality disorder, from my experience, is like bipolar on steroids. It's actually much more intense than bipolar. Without getting into all the details of it right now, bipolar people typically don't have extreme highs and lows. It's usually two or three days, maybe a week or two, they'll be manic, which is like really high. And like, they're trying to start new businesses. They're calling people in the middle of the night. They're talking to someone until five, six o'clock in the morning, or they could talk all night long, going, going, going. Well, if you're familiar with manic, you know what I'm talking about. And then they crash. They sleep for multiple days. They're down and out. Then they're depressed, right? Again, 
I don't want to get into the weeds right now, but bipolar is a couple different types. But generally speaking, that kind of sums up enough about bipolar for you to understand. Borderline is far more intense and far more erratic and can tr switch very quickly. Like you can be talking to someone at one moment and they're like, yeah, yeah, they're all excited to be around you. They're talking, they're, they're giving you compliments and stuff like that. You say something that sets them off. Next thing you know, they go dark. They look at you with like off with your head and they will say they're capable because not everyone has this intensity that has this type of disorder or the characteristics of this disorder. They will, they are capable of saying the most intense, hurtful, painful, mean things that you've ever heard anyone say to you. And in this onslaught of insults and, and gaslighting and in just making you feel horrible about yourself you can't believe that this is happening. You're looking around saying, you can't believe this is happening. You're looking around saying, oh my gosh, like how could they do this to me? Like, have they not forgotten who I am? Did they forget that I love them? And then they leave. Five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes later, they come back and like, hey, so we still going to get sushi? And you're like, sushi? I was thinking about killing you. <laughs> Or I was hoping I could get a witness so that I was like, did someone else see how bad they treated me? And you're so caught up on trying to figure out what just happened that when they come back and they say, do you want to go to dinner still? You're like, your brain's like, like what? Why would you want to go to dinner with me if I'm such a horrible person? And why would I want to go to dinner with someone that just insulted me like I've never been insulted before? And some of these people can look you dead in the eye and be like, what are you talking about? It wasn't that bad. Come on. Like, like, you're making a big deal of it. You're overreacting. You're freaking out. Don't freak out. Like, don't take it so personal. I was just telling you that I wasn't happy with you. Like, why wouldn't we want to go to dinner? And again, myself growing up, some of my clients in different ways, because this may not be the same scenario for everyone, they're looking at that person just going, are you flipping kidding me? They usually don't say flipping, but you get what I'm saying, right? They just can't make sense of it. They're, they're just stuck. So let me give you a little background about borderline. And like I said, because my grandmother and my mom had it, I believe I, I'm trying not to diagnose my whole family tree, but I believe that there's other people that I was uh, raised around and grew up around in my family that also have this personality disorder. Um, but you know, I'll just leave that where it's at and having raised around this type of personality disorder, it was a very challenging home environment. So when I have clients come into me, so when I would have clients come into me and I'd start to see that they'd been fired by other therapists, which by the way, I didn't know you could do number of my borderline personality disorder clients came to me. And in the first session, they told me, yeah, hopefully you can help me out because I've been fired for like six or seven by six or seven therapists. And I remember thinking, going, oh, they're just joking. They're elaborating. And I'd contact their old therapist or get some background information from family and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, no, they were fired from that other therapist. I was like, fired? In my mind, I was like, I didn't, I can do that? Like, I would have liked to have fired some of my clients before. Just joking. But, you know, you got some difficult people that you work with and whatever your profession is that you're going to work with them and you're going to do it, but it's difficult. There's a lot of work behind it. 
So I would talk to these people. One thing would lead to another. A couple of them came with the diagnosis already, and I was suspicious and cautious because I didn't want to just throw that out there at them. And I didn't want to talk about it and make it in a deal, a big deal or an issue because I didn't want them to defend that diagnosis. I wanted them to open up and be vulnerable with me, which with these people, they have an extreme difficulty being vulnerable because their greatest fear is abandonment. And the fear of abandonment doesn't have to be real fear. It could just be perceived fear, something that they think possibly perhaps could happen. And when I do uh, a detailed history of their life and I get to know them and we'd go down, you know, all the different rabbit holes of what they'd been through, it always made sense. These are not aliens that were born on a different planet. These are people that they have a very extreme disorder to varying degrees, depending on the person. And because of their own personality, the disorder may manifest itself in different ways. So when I'd work with these people, I had to see them as human beings, despite how angry and frustrated their families were with them. And so I believe that if you listen to this series that I'm going to be doing, you will not just have a better understanding of how to love someone that has this disorder or how to understand someone who has this disorder, but you'll also be able to have improvements in the relationship with people in your life that have this disorder. First disclaimer though, I don't want you to take the information I'm sharing with you and going out and freely diagnosing everybody. In fact, I have a support group here in Utah for people that have loved ones that have either this disorder or their loved ones have done their own research and kind of figured out themselves that if they don't have this disorder, they have enough of the presenting characteristics and behaviors of this disorder that my advice and my support and help and my instruction um, can give them a pathway, something to follow so that they're able to not just survive, but be able to have some sort of connection with these people and be allowed to support them. So that's why I believe that this podcast and this specific series is going to be very helpful. Also, like all the OG therapy episodes, if you haven't picked up on these episodes so far, I want you to know that if you're a coach, if you're a therapist, and when I say a coach, meaning some sort of like self-help coach, a therapist, psychologist, whatever your specialty is, whatever you've been working with, whatever you desire to help people out with, I'm hoping that this information can add to whatever you're already doing. Because this is something so unique and so specific that it's going to be difficult for you to have years of experience with this, but you're going to have to help people and potentially treat people that have a lifetime of dealing with this. And if you only have a small um, exposure and experience with this, you may be ill-equipped to handle such a challenging situation. So for what it's worth, I want this information to um, help you. And so after this episode and after this series, please give me all your feedback and if there's any specifics that I have not covered that you want to learn more about, then please let me know. So for the remainder of this episode, I'm just going to pinpoint a couple things. And then after that, we'll continue this on our next episode. So first and foremost, I want to share with you that some of my favorite people in my life have this disorder. My grandmother, she saved my life. I couldn't imagine being raised by my biological mother. My biological mother was young. She was into a lot of uh, 
a lot of things that a child shouldn't be exposed to. Hence the reason why my grandmother raised me in the first place. And my biological mother, before she died, she was able to go through a lot of counseling, get a lot of help. And when she died, she was at the best place of her life, mentally, emotionally, unfortunately, not physically. Hence, she died by, you know, COVID and uh, COVID uh, pneumonia. Well, I found out one thing growing up with the two most important people in my life, even though I wasn't exposed to my biological mother that much, I found out something about borderline. These individuals are powerful people. In fact, I was joked around with some of my teenage clients that definitely were manifesting this type of personality disorder. Now, they're too young for me to even consider diagnosing them with this, but I found out that in those, in those later teenage stages, this was a very pivotal time for me to help them figure out their personality and develop that personality so it would not become out of order. But they had all the perfect background to set them up for this personality disorder. But I would tell some of their parents and, and talking to some of them, I'd say, hey, your child, they are very charismatic. They got so much going for them. They could single-handedly save the world or blow it up. In fact, I just did an episode recently where I talked about I love you and I can't save you. Uh, that one was for mothers. Well, in that story, I don't know if I mentioned this, but in that story, her child was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. I'm not just by myself, but multiple people. And so that was one of those situations in those times where the mom laughed and she agreed. It's true. My son is so powerful that he could influence the world in such an amazing place, or he could pull down a lot of people around him so that they were suffering as much as he was. Because I've loved so many people, I want to start off by saying this is not a story of run for the hills, get out of this relationship, abandon them, even though they're your kids or they're your spouses or they're your exes. Don't talk to them. Don't deal with them. Now, when it gets really bad, I do consult some of my clients and some of the people I'm working with that they have to have boundaries that they wouldn't normally have to have with other people. If it gets worse in the worst type situations, they may have to have restraining orders. Um, they may have to really keep a lot of, uh, a lot of space between them and that person. And that's because the people that have borderline personality disorder in their life, they made some huge mistakes and that was, that was warranted. But once we're safe and we're not in physical danger and we're not being attacked, the goal isn't to hide and protect yourself from these types of people. The goal is to be able to be competent in how to work with them, how to navigate those relationships, and ultimately, if it's possible, how to improve the relationship, especially if it's your kid or if it's your parent or your sibling or like a best friend. Next thing I want to share with you is that in this personality disorder, their greatest fear is abandonment. And that fear can come from all different types of places. Another thing that I found out as a staple is that interpersonal relationships are extraordinarily difficult. In fact, I'd go as far to say that when people are full-grown adults and they're struggling with this disorder and it's really manifests itself, it's not impossible for them to have close interpersonal relationships. But if someone is really fearful of being abandoned, then one of the ways that they can avoid being abandoned is they would give a perceived version of themselves that is very valuable. And if someone was to see internal flaws with them, to see through them, if they were transparent, the fear is no one would like me if they knew that I didn't know who I was. In fact, I don't think that's something that we're conscious of, but everyone has a fear to some degree that if I don't believe I'm worth anything, 
And I don't believe that I offer anything to any other relationship. And this is an extreme belief, like they really believe it at their core. Then there's no way I could expose vulnerability and weakness to people in hopes that they would want to work with me still and try to nurture me. Most people with this disorder believe that if they expose any of the weaknesses or vulnerabilities, it'd be a death sentence. It'd be social suicide. There's no way that anyone would want to date them, would want to employ them. So what they do is they keep the relationships really surface because if you don't let someone in, you know, the belief, not saying it's a fact, it's definitely not a fact. The belief is if you don't let someone in, they can't hurt you and they can't expose you as being a fraud to the world. So instead of trying to develop their sense of self, instead of trying to become a better version of themselves, the goal is always making sure that everyone sees you in a way that you are a person that has value instead of you are a person that's hollow and broken. They manifest this disorder in some very extreme ways. Sometimes people, I, I have this in three categories and I'll go over this in the episode, but in, in following episodes, I want to focus on the three categories. And I'll just state them to you right now. They have a victim, they have a villain, and they have a victor. The victim is, by the way, all of us, so this is something I created over the years, all of us in our personality, we have these three components of our personality. But our personality is something that has to develop over time. And if it develops properly, the villain, the victor, and the victim, they play a role for us to tap into intimate thoughts, feelings that we have inside of ourselves. And it, we express those roles, not necessarily just to get something back from other people, but to be able to let people know that we're hurting, that we're capable, and also that we need to be taken serious and we can't be taken advantage of. So the way I like to describe this is your true core sense of self, your true identity is kind of like a coach of a team. Now, if you're like me and you're a fan of sports like basketball or football or some of those major sports, you see the coach sitting on the sideline. And, you know, if I'm thinking about the, the local NBA team here, uh, the coaches are usually like an older guy who's not playing basketball anymore, not even capable of playing anymore. Maybe their knees are all old and they can't even dunk a basketball anymore. But they're in charge of young super athletes who can do those things. Well, I tell people your coach, like the coach of the team is like your true core sense of self. The players on the team are like the roles of your personality. So the victim, the villain, and the victor they would all play a significant role if it's a basketball game on the court. The victim could be like, you know, the guard. The, the victor could be like, you know, the point guard that brings down the ball and starts everything. And um, the, the villain could be like the big guy down low that fouls people and intimidates people to let them know that they're tough and stuff like that. So those players on the game play a role. But together, if they're all in unison and they know when to play their role and when not to play their role, the team can have successful chemistry. But imagine if the coach in the middle of the game was kicked out of the game. Imagine the adrenaline of an NBA game. Millions of dollars at stake. Fans, 20,000 fans cheering, screaming, and the players on the sidelines, and they were deciding what plays to run, who was in the game, who played, who came out. I'm guessing it would be pretty chaotic. I'm guessing that if you have some 20-year-old millionaires that all believe that they're the best, that all want to be on the floor, they may, be, they may even get into fistfights about going in or about not coming out of the game. 
So imagine inside of yourself, if you didn't have a coach to tell your players, meaning the parts of your personality, what role to play. Imagine if you're a mother and you saw um, another parent at school yelling at your kid for what you believed was not a good reason and treating your kid poorly. Imagine if you didn't have the ability to tell that parent that, hey, listen, don't treat my kid like that. I, I don't appreciate that. Imagine you simply went straight into attack mode and you turned on the villain and you told them, hey, listen, don't talk to my kid. Don't do that. But instead of just telling them and being assertive, you lost your mind. You forgot about the repercussions if you were to get physical with this person, if you were to threaten violence on this person, and you just physically attacked anyone who was being rude to your kid. If you didn't have a governor or any way to pull back your emotions or those parts of your personality that got really extreme and really intense, it would be because you didn't have a coach, a true sense of self that could govern if this was the right role for you to play or not. So people that have their core sense of self intact, they tend to tell their parts of their personality to play a role, like using that same scenario. A mother would tell another mother, hey, listen, if you have an issue with my child, please bring it up to me. You don't need to yell at my kid. I'm not yelling at your kid. And stand up for your child. That's being assertive. Someone that didn't have a core sense of self intact and they jumped out of, out of character and that role took over, the villain took over, they may physically try to assault that parent for something that they could have dealt with in a way that was much better, much more articulate, much more expressive because they have a coach to control the emotions of the players. So that's a little bit of insight about borderline personality disorder. We're going to take a much deeper dive next time. We're going to be talking about individually about the victor, about the villain, and about the victim the three different roles that they play, and how those roles interact with each other. I want to share this information with you because I'm assuming, I'm followed by a lot of counselors and a lot of coaches, I'm assuming that this information will help you navigate and also formulate an effective plan to help your own clients and also to help the loved ones in your life. Now again, don't want you going out there diagnosing everybody with borderline personality disorder. And if you believe someone has borderline personality disorder, I definitely don't suggest you to send this podcast to them and say, oh my gosh, I found out what you have and you need to watch this. It's going to fix all your problems. That is a big mistake that I made one time earlier in my career. I was under the, the impression that if I identified that someone was borderline, they met all the criteria. I got all the history about it and I really did my research, then I have to tell them right away that they're borderline personality disorder. Well, the reason why I do not suggest that is because they can Google that, they can look it up, and when they did, this is what happened. And this is what happens all the time in, in these situations, at least according to my experience. They looked it up and they said, oh my gosh, this does describe what I've been struggling with. This is what I'm dealing with. I'm so thankful. It's like heaven sent. I finally feel like it's real. I'm not making this up. I'm not crazy. But then they look a little bit deeper and they start to see this is one disorder that doesn't seem to have a story that ends too often in hope. What they've told me is that at first I was excited to know about the disorder and then I feared it. In fact, the one person I'm referring to said, I was happy. I stayed up all night long reading about it. And then I woke up and I was tired. And I thought, maybe you put that in my mind. Maybe my wife got to you. Maybe my loved ones 
convince you to tell me that to make me feel like I'm crazy. And the guy went from being very thankful that I told him this to I'm never coming back to see you. You sided with my wife. You're my enemy. He liked me and he felt betrayed. He felt manipulated and he felt attacked. And I actually understand why. Because someone that has that fear of abandonment, they're so scared of someone seeing through them that even though they're happy that they've been seen, they've been pretending their whole entire life or protecting that vulnerability their whole entire life. And so I wasn't able to, to reconnect with that person. And I learned a very valuable, uh, I learned a very valuable lesson. Just because you know something just because you identified something, it may not always be the best to stand up on the rooftops and to proclaim what you know and shout to everybody that this is the problem and that they need to fix it. So, the rest of my career, I decided to say that I think you might have some parts of personality disorders that we could work with, that we can improve upon. In fact, usually I'm trying to convince the loved ones that come to me saying, my, my, my family member, my child, someone's borderline, they're borderline, they meet all the criteria, and they're just wanting me to tell the person that they're borderline. I said, well, I can tell them they're borderline if you want them to never come back and see me again. And they said, well, of course I don't want that to happen. So I tell them, let me help them as if they're a person who has characteristics and attributes of the disorder and so that way they feel like I'm treating them as a person versus a problem that needs to be fixed. Now I know we're getting in the weeds with this one, but you guys asked for more information and this is just the introductory version of borderline personality disorder because this is not checkers, this is chess. And if you want to navigate these and if you want to navigate these relationships personally or professionally, I suggest you sit back Listen to what I have to say, soak up as much knowledge, take as much nuggets from this information as possible and use it to benefit not just yourself, but all the relationships in your life. As always, thank you for following us here on Light the Fight, for listening to us. Please subscribe to us on Instagram, YouTube, and also if you have any questions, any thoughts and ideas, put it in the comments on Instagram, send us a DM, send us an email at Light the Fight Podcast. And uh, until next time, thank you for helping us to light the fight. <laughs>